Shalom. Uh, we just celebrate uh, Easter Sunday, and uh, so we're going to take a break from our normal, uh, the regular series on how to love our neighbors and on relationship. We just want to continue uh, talking about the resurrection life, and uh, the resurrection life brings about transformation in us. We learn during our Easter service that we, instead of being earthbound like a chicken, we are being transformed to be eagles. We are being taken to soar into the sky by our Father who is in heaven. And, uh, and He has brought us safely into the promised land. And there is a transformation of our family lines. Instead of being the families of Jacob, the deceiver, we are transformed into Israel, Israelite, the prince and princess of God. So God, through this salvation experience, through coming through the death and resurrection of Jesus has given us a taste of the heavenly life when he takes us on the ego's wing. We have tasted the goodness of God. And now, how do we live in this new life? How do we live in this resurrection life? We're brought into the kingdom of light from kingdom of darkness and uh, the kingdom that does not belong to this world. So the, 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 the glory of this earthly kingdom, there's, there's no way to compare with that heavenly kingdom. So now that we have this new life, this resurrection life, we want to live know how to live in this life. Let's look at Exodus 19, verse 5. After God has brought them on eagle's wings uh, to this land, he says, uh, and, and, and Moses went up to the mountain and God instructed Moses to tell these people, those who have come through the Red Sea, those who have come through uh, death into life, how are they to live? Exodus 19, verse 5. Now, obey me completely. Keep my covenant. If you do, then out of all the nations, you will be my special treasure. The whole earth is mine, but you will be a kingdom of priests to serve me. You will be my holy nation. That is what you must tell the Israelites. I think we need to read that again. Now obey me completely. Keep my covenant. If you do, then out of all the nations, you will be my special treasures. The whole earth is mine, but you will be a kingdom of priests to serve me. You will be my holy nation. That is what you must tell 
the Israelite. So because it's, it's a completely new life, but we have the old mindset, the old teaching that is so ingrained, the values that are so ingrained in us. And that's why God tell Moses, you must tell the Israelites. For too long they've been in slavery, too long they've been living that kind of life in Egypt. But now they're brought into this new life. They need to know how to live. You must tell them. So we've been living in the ways of this world and God wants us to, to know what uh, He wants. So the resurrection life is not just an experience for the moment when you come to Jesus, oh, we're so happy. But the resurrection life begins from there. And we have to journey through now. And this is, these are the instructions that God wants us to hold on to. And you realize it's conditional. You know, if we do not obey, if we do not follow, we can claim, we can say we have resurrection life. But that's just on paper. But we cannot experience or, or receive what the resurrection life can give to us. So that's why God says, you must obey me completely. And I think that word has to register in our mind, completely. Because too often, we do obey. We do obey when we want to. And many people are selective in their obedience. And, you know, there will be always a pet uh, topic or pet area that people obey. And they think that that's, that's it. But the word God says you have to obey completely in its fullness. And uh, this is what Jesus is talking about. You know, now that you have the new wine, the new life, you cannot contain it in an old wineskin. And you cannot patch it up if there are cracks in the old wineskin. You cannot patch it up with... You know, so, so it's not like while we hear bits and pieces here and there and then we try and do it, the rest we just, we just ignore or ignorant. Being in ignorant about what God uh, wants. And that's what happens today in, in churches. You know, we, we know God superficially and, and we are so ignorant about so many other things that we, we should know about the kingdom. And that is not, that is not uh, uh, right. And we miss the whole thing many times, right? And uh, so God wants us to obey fully. That means we need to know the word of God in its fullness. And there are people who don't like the fullness of the Word of God. They just want to select the easy part. The part that they, you know, you, you, you just don't have to study or don't have to struggle too hard to understand. Just the easy part. But God is saying, hey, obey me fully. 
because the, the, the mindset, the new mindset has to take place for the transformation, the power of transformation in the resurrection life to, to work through in us. And uh, so I hope we understand the importance of obeying fully, not superficially, not selectively, and so on. And that's why God uh, told King Saul through the prophets and say rebellion is like the sin of divination, arrogance like the evil of idolatry. So King Saul was obedient, but partial obedience. He said, yeah, I've done what God tells me to do, but only what the part that he, 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 he wants to do. The other part, God said, hey, destroy everything. No, he doesn't obey. Right? So you see, this is what, this is how serious the, the problem is impartial, superficial, selective obedience. And yet, we take it so lightly. People take it so lightly. And I hope tonight, through these words, you know, you would take heed to the word of God. He say, obey me completely. And then, Let's go back to it again. Now obey me completely. Keep my covenant. If you do, then out of all the nations, you will be my special possessions. Right. So, keep his covenant and serve him. Serve him only. So God is very serious about this uh, relationship that he has brought us into. And he has called it a covenant relationship. That means we do not break this relationship. That means we fulfill all the conditions that is in the covenant. And when we do that, he says, hey, you will be so special. You will be my special possession. Even though they are Millions of people, even though they are nations round about, but you will be that special, my special possession, my people. And uh, so we, we do not want to take our life, Christian life, lightly. We want to keep reminding ourselves it's a covenant that God made with us. It takes Total commitment. Just like obeying me completely. It takes total commitment. And it's good for us to check into our life how we take this, this our Christian walk with Jesus. I, I see too, too, people are too casual. You know, they just do what they want. Though they believe in Jesus, you know, and, and not taking it seriously. Where else God is saying, hey, keep my covenant and serve me. And when you keep that covenant, we are talking about sacrifice. We are talking about our life. We are talking about shedding blood. So that kind of commitment uh, that God wants us so that we are his special possession. And God has brought us into his family. And he has given us his kingdom, his inheritance. That's how serious God is about, you know, blessing us, about uh, 
committing his life for us. And he said, you will be my special person. I will be your God. So it's a covenant that has got to be passed down from one generation to another. And, and as fathers, we must be seriously uh, considering how we are to impart this covenant into the next generation. And then there is a change of identity when we enter into this covenant, when we enter into this resurrection light. In verse 6 of Exodus 19, it says, But you will be a kingdom of priests to serve me. You will be my holy nation. This is what you must tell the Israelites. Because talking about the resurrection life can be so abstract, isn't it? And we uh, tend to think about, oh, we are resurrected, now we have eternal life, we go to heaven. You see, people have just such, such a superficial understanding and they have not gone into obeying God and enter into the new life that Jesus has come to give us. And it tells us here that we, when we do that, when we obey Him, when we enter into this, this uh, come through this death into resurrection life, now we have a new identity. He said, now you are a kingdom of priests. It's important because we live out of our identity. And, and this, this phrase, kingdom of priests, we've been talking about it, and I want, it, uh, want us to really embrace this word and take it in and know that this is our new identity. Not just as sons or daughters of the living God, not just thinking about, oh, how we are, we are blessed because of uh, the new relationship we have, but rather to see the role that we are to play in the kingdom of God. In the family of God, we are the kingdom of priests. So he wants us to have this, this, this kingly life that is in us, this ego's life that will soar into the heavenlies and not be busy with, just, just, just so caught up with the civilian life. We are a kingdom of priests. And first of all, it talks about a kingdom we mentioned in, during this season of time, God kept talking about oneness, uh, uh, complete restoration, and so on. So we must not have that tribal kind of mindset. The Israelites, they have different tribes. And God told them, you're not to just care for your own tribe and just fight for your own tribe. But you have to think kingdom. You have to fight for your brothers and sisters from other tribes until they enter into the promised land that God promised them. So we are a kingdom of priests. We are to work closely together for the benefit of the whole kingdom, not just looking at our tribal 
uh, benefit, right? So it's very important that we uh, unite our hearts, our mind, knowing that we are a spiritual house, knowing that we are uh, we we have this new life, and now we are a kingdom of priests. And uh, when we realize that we are to fight for one another, we are to care for one another's uh, well-being in the kingdom, there will be no competition. You know, there are people who keep comparing themselves with others, keep competing, keep wanting, envy what other has, and, and, and it's all about self. Now, when that happens, that's why there will be division, there will be no unity. You know, Cain looked at Abel as the one who has robbed him of God's favor, God's acceptance. So that's why eventually he killed Abel. So we, 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 we must think kingdom. You know, God has brought us into one kingdom where he is the king, where he is uh, ruling and reigning, and we are to serve him as kingdom of priests. And so in that kingdom of priests, or, or later on, it talks about the priesthood. There are structure, they are ordered. In that kingdom of priests, there are the high priests, the Aaronic priesthood, where his children, only his children can serve in, in the Holy of Holies. And then there are the Levitical priesthood to help the Aaronic priesthood to serve, to offer sacrifices and, and, and so on, and, and putting up the, the tent, the, the, the tabernacle. And uh, later on, there is the singers, the worshiper during David's time, who continuously worship before the temple who are responsible to bring in the presence of God uh, to, to fill the temple to their worship. So you see a kingdom of priests serving in the kingdom of God. There are structures, there are orders, there are leaders uh, and so on. So we know that serving in this kingdom of priests we're talking about oneness, we're talking about submission, we're talking about helping one another uh, with that, that common goal to see that God's house, that spiritual house is being established. And in the New Testament, 1 Peter 2 verse 5 tells us that we are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices Acceptable, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Holy priesthood offer acceptable sacrifices. Again, it's telling us that we are not just simply offering something and then expect it to be accepted by God. Cain offered something, but it was rejected. And as holy priests, as a kingdom of priests, 
We are to serve God by offer acceptable sacrifice. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And I keep telling people that we are not just to do good, but we are to do the right thing. Not just to do good thing, but to do the right thing according to the will of the Father. You know the verse? That many who call Jesus Lord, Lord, and Jesus say, you know, I don't know you. And they will say, I prophesy in your name. I, I, I cast out demons. Yes, all these things are good thing. This thing we, we, we need to do. But Jesus said, only those who do the will of the Father will enter into the kingdom of God. So it's doing the right thing that God the Father wants us to do. Right? Not just doing something good and then we think it's accepted. It's about obedience. It's about submission. It's about aligning ourselves with God's purpose, God's will at this time or at any time. Not just doing spiritual thing, you know, the normal thing. So a lot of people, they keep doing the same old thing. It's good, but is it the right thing? for this season, for now. I hope we will really look into ourselves because a lot of people think that, oh, we just do this, do this, but they're living in, in disobedience. They're living in rebellions. Not obeying what the leaders, what the, the, those in authority are telling them to do. They just want to do their own thing. Yes, so-called spiritual thing, good thing. But by disobeying, you're doing the, you are not doing the right thing. Although God is gracious, God is merciful, He will bring about good. Just like the Apostle Paul says, you know, when he was in prison, there are people, wow, who want to stir up more problems for Saul, uh, uh, for the Apostle Paul. So they preached gospel, you know, so that uh, Paul would get into more trouble. So their motive was wrong. Their motive was evil, in fact. But they're doing the right thing, uh, the, the good thing, preaching the gospel. So Paul says it doesn't matter because God will still use it for His glory. You know, but those who do that such thing, they will indeed be judged for what they are doing, uh, even though outwardly what they do is correct. So our spiritual sacrifices that is acceptable to God is not just confined to... to uh, our worship with our mouth, our praises, our singing, it has to be back up with our life, our testimony, what we do. Look at First uh, Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you 
may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. So we are called as holy priests, as royal priests. We are to declare the praises of Him. So we declare not just through singing. You know, it says to declare the praises of Him will call you out of darkness into His wonderful light. So there is a transformation. A complete transformation taking place from darkness into His light, into His glory, His glorious light. So we are to be able to declare this, because it has to take place first of all in our life, and then through our life into the city, into the nation. This is a sacrifice that God is looking for. First, personal transformation. Because now we're in the light. Now, we are the spiritual house of God. We're being filled with His glory. His light is in us. So there comes a transformation in our life. That's why we begin by saying, obey Him completely. That's the light that has come into our life. His word, his ways, his leading, so that we will not walk in darkness, but we'll be transformed. And First Peter two verse twelve say, "Live such good lives among the pagan, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visit us." Live such good life, so there is a transformation taking place through our life, and we're declaring it to the pagans. We're declaring it to the unbelievers. True, the way we talk, the way we speak, the way we, we live, the ideas we're conveying—all these are testimony, or all these are. Uh, Declaring the praises of Him, so God is working in us, and His light continues to shine in us, to renew our mind, to, re, to renew our, our our thinking and our life, so that we may declare the praises of Him. And it's not just personal. We're talking about a kingdom. We're top, talking about a nation, a holy nation. So God's light wants to fill us. God's glory wants to fill us, so that we begin to influence and, and 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 testify of the goodness of God, the greatness of God, through what we do, through what we say, to the city, to to bring transformation to the city, and to bring trans transformation to the nations. This is how big. God's uh, calling is upon our life. This is what the resurrection life is meant to do. Not just to take us to heaven, but that transformation life through the resurrection life will just so impact our lives, so impact 
our environment through us, that nations will come to this light because we are declaring His praises in the right way, in His fullness. Because when we obey Him fully, we will be able to declare His, His, His uh, uh, glory in His fullness. It's big enough, impactful enough to transform the city and nation. So if we are just living our little life, our life just change a little bit because of Jesus, because of resurrection life, we are not living in the fullness. And God is saying, you must tell the Israelites. You must tell my prince, my, my princess, that they are to live, to obey me completely because I want to impart my life into them. So we are a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, and we are a holy nation. How do we walk in that life, being a holy nation? We look into the nation of Israel, is a holy nation. There is the priest and king. Priest and king, the kings are the ruling authority. The priest and king works together. Whenever the king wants to go to war, the king will go to the priest and ask the priest to inquire of the Lord and God will speak through the priest and then the king will obey. So can you see the priest and king are working alongside each other together in order for that holy nation to be built up. So the marketplace leaders, you are leaders, you are rulers in your sphere. You are to work together with the priest so that together we will be able to, to build and advance the kingdom of God. So of course today, the priests are the apostles and prophets. And we're going to learn that this spiritual house is to build upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So when we begin to build that house, when we begin to, to serve God and keep that, His commandments and keep the covenant, God's glory will fill His house. God's glory will fill us. And it begins to so impact, not just individuals like impact cities and nations. That's what God wants to see. And I hope we have captured that vision so that what we think will not be just personal, individual. It will be greater than that. It starts from there, but it will be greater than that. And we've got to begin with the individual but, and, and, and ourselves, but then it has to grow, it has to impact cities and nations because we are a holy nation. So that out of this, the nations of the world will begin to see the light and begin to come. So I hope this uh, evening 
as we continue to dwell on this resurrection life that Jesus has given to us, it will not be so abstract, you know, uh, that we, yeah, we know is true. But then you can visualize how it's going to impact your life. It gives you a new identity. It gives you a new family line. Now you are the family's God. You are God's special people. You are uh, brought into a kingdom to be the kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So the, the, the resurrection power or life in us has got to work together with our brothers and sisters who are chosen, who are called just like us, so that we become that kingdom, we become that holy nation, so that our impact, God wants our impact, the resurrection life to impact cities and nations, not more than just our individual life. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for imparting that vision for cities and nations to us. And we thank you that you have released your resurrection life. You have equipped us for this task. And we thank you, Lord, that we have a foretaste of your goodness, of your greatness. And we pray that even as we listen to your word, as we know that we have to obey your words completely, we will enter more and more into this resurrection life and power so that we can be the light to the nations, to the city, bringing transformation, light into the city. We thank you, Lord. Bless your people, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you.